0: you do. Help us to follow that, Lord. Bless our leaders. Help them make good decisions. Help them to know Christ in this country, in our city, our governors. Lord, help them follow you and make decisions based on what you would tell them to do. I just want to say thank you again for this morning. Help us to be calm and quiet and, and live lives that are Honoring to you here this morning, Lord, and throughout the days to come. And help us to learn from this. Uh, yeah, again, your great plan. Help, help us open to the Word of God today. Help us to be freshly encouraged with the, what the Word has to say. And I'm excited, Lord, that you have great plans for us. You really do. Amen. couple just short announcements here. Just, uh, we have, we're not doing the collection of the offertory, but there is a basket back there. You're welcome to do that. And we do have an online giving. If you go to our church website, you can give there too. And also, uh, we haven't done breaking of bread yet. I, I would really encourage everyone to do it at home. Certainly you can break bread at home before the Savior and tell him thanks mm-hmm. and worship him and breaking your bread at your home as we prepare to do that eventually here. So everyone has a story to tell in life and certainly there's going to be a lot of them probably in, from this what's happened this time and I just want to share you a, a little bit about myself uh, what happened here in the last few months I'm not going to give you any political opinion I'm just going to tell you what happened to Tim how God affected me and how he touched me so as you know uh, some of you know anyway we took a trip to Taiwan in March middle of March beginning of March kind of before it really started ramping up the the pandemic And we felt it was safe to go, and we just went, you know, and it was. It was very safe where we went, and uh, Taiwan is doing amazing, actually. (laughs) And we had a great trip. I went to a wedding there in Taiwan. Um, Of course, that's when the pandemic started ramping up here in the United States, so we needed to get back because our flights were canceling out on us and got back in time, and everything was fine. When I came back, just like that, wham, my work canceled like all of us, right? So I'm a teacher, so I had to go home and work, just like that, I had to transfer everything over, so I got busy right away trying to get everything online. Our fellowship, you know, we closed the doors, we had a wonderful EHS study on Wednesday nights, bam, it just closed. Um, So here I am, sitting in my basement, you know, and, and my wife was working a lot, with not many people wanting to come into work, and she's a healthcare worker. Bless her soul for that, helping older people. And uh, so that was hard, sitting in the basement all by myself. It was really hard, harder than I anticipated. And uh, so God started speaking to me that, you know, I need Him, but I need you too the Bible says, do not forsake dissembling together, so I'm thankful we're here today. And uh, But it made me think about our message today, what it's about, and it's about discipleship and what it means to go and make disciples and what it means to be a disciple, and that's what I want to speak about. Today we'll talk about what it means to be a disciple, and next Sunday we're going to talk about how to make a disciple. And it's not complex at all, it's pretty simple. And some verses we're going to look at you may have read many times. But sometimes the, the scripture verses, you read them so many times. I heard a, a really brother that I really honor a lot. He, sometimes he, they lose meaning. You know, you, you read them so many times. I just like, okay, what does that mean? Well, well we're going to revisit a couple of verses you've read a lot. But, so I want you to take a fresh look and ask yourself, yeah, I've read it, but am I obeying it? Because scripture says it's better—it's better to obey than sacrifice. So, as we look at some of these verses, some are going to be familiar, maybe some aren't. I want you to answer that question: Is are, are we obeying what the scripture teaches us? Teaching us. So, to help people develop a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus—kind of a definition of discipleship. Here's another definition of discipleship. One who engages in learning through instruction from another. A pupil or an apprentice. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. I just have to read this one. I can't. It's... I have to. It's what culminates the, a great commission. It's really a great commission, and it really is great. It's partly why I believe we're here. It's why I was hurting not being to get out because I want to make disciples. Good or bad or how or maybe I'm doing it right or wrong. I don't know. I just know I want to do it. I need your help to learn how to do that. We need each other's help to learn how to do that. Matthew Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of age. Go and make disciples. All authorities, he emphasized, we already know he's got all authority, but he says it anyway because we don't listen very well. <laughs> and uh, go and make disciples. So what is a disciple? Look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, one of those little books there after Corinthians. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6. Therefore, as you have received Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. Just as you received Christ, you accepted Christ. By the way, that's the first step to discipleship, right? We accepted the Lord. Ask for forgiveness in our hearts to accept Jesus as our Savior. But that's just the beginning step. Rooted and built up in him, established in faith, just as you were taught. Disciples are taught people. Someone will teach you. I've heard this Pastor Jack Herm said many times. Someone's going to teach you. Who's it going to (laughs) be? You know, watching TV, you're being taught. Like it or not, you're being taught something. Right? Go to work, you're being taught by people. Good or bad. We're taking stuff in all the time, we're being taught. I want to be taught by you guys and the Word of God through the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. That's how I want to be taught, rooted and built up in Him, firm in in your faith. That's what I want. Another core verse to discipleship is John 13. It's another very famous verse, John 13, 34. It's just refreshing look at it again centers around this very important thing. John thirteen thirty four. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Relationships. Discipleship is, is about relationships. It's not a project. Well, I'm going to go and make disciples. That's my project for the day. It's about building relationships. Relationships are developed through devotions, care, and by encouraging each other toward living the Christ-like characteristics in our everyday lives. It's pretty simple. This is the environment of a disciple. Do you desire to lead and pass on what you have learned and received from Christ? Go and make disciples. So this is just some opening comments about it. So what I want to get into now is what is a disciple. And there's a lot of things. I'm I'm going to point out maybe six things, six points of a disciple that I think are really important. And if we could, and I know this is hard to do because our culture, we, we live here, this is our culture. But if we just pull back and look what exactly is the scriptures teaching us about what a disciple is. Because we do a lot of things throughout our day. And sometimes they mix right in with maybe we think this is part of being a Christian. Maybe it's not. I don't know. You'll have to decide for yourself what you do with your 24-hour day. Is it being a disciple? In this culture, there's a lot of things. I I, I can get consumed with a lot of things around my land, my property, and even cutting grass and planting flowers. I I like to do that. It's a good thing. But is that all I'm doing? I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm just just thinking, but I'll, I'll pull back from where you live and just think: What is, what's God, What would Jesus say to you about what a disciple is? The first one is. He or she is called. We're a called person. Second Timothy, one nine. We're so getting back to the end of the. Let's see where's Timothy? Colossians. Thessalonians. Timothy. 2 Timothy 1, 9 let Let's start with verse 8. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us, we talked about that in Colossians 2.6, who saved us and called us, to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. I've been called a lot for a ton of things. When I was a kid, my mom and dad called me in for supper. Done, done playing. You're, you're called in now, right? At work, when my boss calls... I'm, I'm all over it When my boss's boss called me, I'm even more over it. <laughs> I, I Mean I respect all of them, but but you know how it is right you got I have a boss I have a boss's boss, and I got the president Rarely ever did the president ever call me in fact I'm not sure he ever has once in a while. I've had a president call me about something. I'm really listening <laughs> President of my work Thank you <laughs> Yeah, once in a while I get a call from the president. <laughs> uh, so I get called for lots of things, right? You've been too, haven't you? A friend called me to go fishing the other day. Yep, I'll go. It was phenomenal. Caught five beautiful fish. Where'd you catch them? Over yonder. (laughs) I'm not telling. (laughs) It's a secret. You don't tell people you're fishing holes. But I was called. And the unexpected happened. I had the best trout fishing day of my year, ever. ever. It's unexpected. We haven't talked about it later. Yeah, do you think we're ever going to catch that many fish? No, never. Here's God calling us to a holy calling not because of our works. Nothing we did for the calling. We've, we accepted Christ. He's calling every one of us in this room to a holy calling. I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing. More important than my president of where I work. Or my boss. I listen very carefully when they call. <laughs> you know, you probably do too. When something important, someone important important's talking to you. This is God. We're called people. Wow, that's amazing. Everyone, doesn't matter, I don't care how how your walk is with the Lord, you are special. Very special people. and And it's a holy calling. There's nothing better than that best calling I ever ever got right there is that verse that's that call is the best one better than going fishing I'm going to go fishing again but it's the best call I ever got second one is we're taught are you teachable the just the scripture itself is revealing how important it is to be taught. Look how thick it is. Why do you think God gave us all of this? You know. I mean, is there a point where we've learned it really well? Matthew chapter 5. Let's just read some teachings of Jesus. Jesus taught his disciples. Matthew 5, uh, verse 2. And he opened his mouth, Jesus did, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he keeps on teaching all over the place. A disciple is a teachable person that learns we need to be taught. That's a lot to learn here. Is it ever good enough? Pastor Jack, how well do you know the Bible? You still have to... That much. <laughs> All right? It's, it's so, we need to be taught. The whole Bible speaks for itself. We have to be teachable people. If you're looking for a mate, look for someone that's teachable. Hopefully you are, yourself. It'll be Great. listen and learn humility so we're called we're taught we're a follower we're a follower luke 7:11 Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and disciples and a great crowd went with him. Doesn't seem like a very deep verse, does it? But the disciples and the crowd went with him. I mean, they went wherever he went, they went. The Crowds were just, couldn't get, hardly could get to Jesus. There's so many people following him around. A lot of good things we can be doing. Are we following him? I'm reading about him in the Bible. I'm praying. I want to make sure I'm also following him. What am I doing with my 24-hour day? Am I pausing? One of the things we're learning about taking two minutes of silence in our Wednesday night course that we had to miss now is to listen to Jesus. When you listen to Jesus, it helps learn more to follow him. will you go the distance with him Matthew chapter 4 verse 18 Is the spirit leading you to follow him that's really the key letting the spirit Jesus inside of you follow him Matthew 4:18 while walking by the sea of Galilee he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish as a man. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. On a daily, hourly basis, are we following what Jesus has for us to do? Again, we're going to get to the Go and Make Disciples next week, more detail of that. A follower. How about a servant? We're servants. Luke 9. Matthew, Mark. Luke 9, verse 10. And on their return, the apostles told him all that they had done, and he took them and withdrew apart to a town called, town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him and he welcomed them and spoke them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need healing. Now the day began to wear away and the twelve came and said to him, send the crowds away, go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, give them something to eat, they said. We have no more than five loaves of fish, five loaves and two fish. Unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. But there were about 5,000 men. And and he said to the disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50. And they did so and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up into heaven and said blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And he gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. Twelve disciples. What kind of effort do you think it took to feed 5,000 people? That service—they <laughs> were running around to get fish, to even setting it out for them to come get it would have took an amazing amount of service. And they all ate, all ate, and were satisfied. You know that was quite the service task. Never thought of this passage in this way before. I always there's a lot of other good things to learn about that passage, but look at the service that the disciples did. And I love to talk about service. You, know, you we might even have one online when I spoke maybe last year probably when I spoke on service. There's a lot to be said about service. We're servants. What are you? Well, I'm a servant. That's another name we can give each other. What are you, a follower? What are you, called? What else are you? I'm a proclaimer. I'm a proclaimer. Uh, same chapter, Luke 9. First verse, first paragraph there, Luke 9. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, nor money, and do not have two tunics, and whatever house you either enter, stay there, and from there depart. And wherever wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel, and healed everywhere. They proclaimed the gospel message. I've read that scripture many, 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 many times. Again, I want to obey it. I want to be a proclaimer. And in ways, in our, in our own ways. This is how they did it at this particular time. You're going to have your special way of proclaiming the gospel. Hopefully you'll do it with the love of Christ centered around it. They were called. They were witnesses. Proclaimers are witnesses. Acts 1-8 is another really it's a famous verse from scripture, if you want to call it famous, they're all famous, but it's kind of like a really famous one. Acts eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, which it has. We've received the Spirit, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. They were witnesses. I was thinking about this. We see it on TV all the time, all these court shows, right? Where they call a call witness to the stand. Right? Has anyone ever, I wonder if anyone's ever actually been called as a witness. I'll tell you what, if I was called to be a witness on a murder trial, I would be shaking, probably. Do you swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God? I do. I would say I do. <laughs> Would I tell the truth? You better believe it. I would never say anything wrong if someone called me on trial for a murder case. I'd be telling exactly what happened, what I witnessed. Exactly, would not you? Yeah. We're, he's calling us on that stand. We're on, actually we're on it right now. What's our witness? Now I did not. I was not there when Jesus died. But it was a murder kind of, certainly an execution. But my testimony is what happened to me. That's my witness. We all have one. He didn't call us to be a witness if we didn't have a witness. We're we're witnesses. (laughs) We have a testimony to share. Whether it's a lawyer coming to our house, what did you see? Or your neighbor, whoever it may be. They're gonna ask you, there's gonna be a time they're gonna ask you. Hopefully you can just give it to them, say this is what happened to me. Spring of 1989, I was sitting on the couch at my little apartment all by myself there and I accepted Christ in my heart. And it completely changed me. Lots of things happened, I stopped swearing, I mean lots of many other things, that was just one of the few that was noticeable to my relatives, wonder why, what, what happened to Tim. Why did you stop swearing? I accepted Christ. It's my witness. It's challenging. I know it. We, we know it. Of all things in Christianity, this is a big one that's challenging for all of us. It's challenging for me. I need you guys' help. I want to be a, a, a better witness. You will need to learn God's word. We talked about being teachable, right? Another kind of a similar thought, Uh, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. What's a disciple? If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciple. Ryan's message was abiding in the vine, right? Or remaining in the vine, connected to the vine, right? Connected to Jesus, his spirit, the word of God. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We're to know the word of God. It's really important. That's what marks a disciple. It's part of being a disciple. You don't read God's word. You're kind of his disciple, but you're not acting the way God wants a disciple to be. And the big one here at the end is there's a cost. There's a cost to discipleship. There is. It just There's no way around it. You can't have everything you want what do they say what do they say you can't have your cake and eat it too <laughs> so to speak there's a cost maybe money maybe time maybe energy maybe a relationship it's someone you shouldn't be with i don't know what it is it's a cost mark 8:34 it's, it's another famous verse i'm sure you've heard it before mark mark chapter 8:34 And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, following Jesus, right? Called by Jesus, come after me. He said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It's different for all of us, that taking up the cross. We're all wired differently. We're in a different circumstance. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it for what? Does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? I know John's message was talking about that, material things. For what can a man give in return for his soul? Forever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. What kind of sacrifices are we willing to make to follow Jesus? It's a cost. It's a cost we have to calculate. Those are the main court ones. I'm sure you got other ones you could add into the list about well, being a disciple. Too many things one time is not good. If we want to focus on a few things. Hopefully God spoke to you on some of those. What do people say you are? Would they say you're a disciple? Your spouse, your kids, your parents? Would people really truly, if you really say it true, are you really follow these things? Disciple of Christ. Who are the disciples of Christ? Who are the ones following Jesus, right? I want, I want to be in that group. I'm going to die doing it probably, I hope. So next week we're going to get into who. It says go and make disciples. We talked about what is a disciple. Part of it is making disciples. <laughs> That's the next one on the list. It's the big one, and it's the tough one. But it's, it says it. It says, go and make disciples. I heard that verse a zillion times. A huge verse. Jesus died, he rose again. He is, he, 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 when he rose again, this is one of the last things he spoke of in the New Testament. Took his 12 together, put them all together, and says, all authority is given to me. It's really big. It's a big one. It's, it's a great commission, they call it. We're going to end there. Lord, I want to say thank you for giving us the scripture verses and spelling out our life, our calling. It's really, it's a holy calling. That's amazing that you've given that to us. Each and every one, don't doubt it. Please do not let any of us doubt the calling. Our lives isn't just to live for it's not. We're not here to live for ourselves. You've called us, you've saved us, We learn all these wonderful things on Sunday mornings and and when we read our Bible daily about being comforters and and being forgiven by sin. Amazing, awesome things for us as part of this calling and what we're to do, going and make disciples. So I praise you for today. Um, Continue to work in our hearts. Help us find ways to be overcomers and, and uh, let the Spirit reign in our lives through this tough time. I trust, Lord, the work you're going to do is great, and I'm going to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. We all want to be a part of it. I know. I speak for all of you. That's why you're here. Help us to, just to learn those truths. Amen. Hey, Amen.
1: Hey. Tim. Good morning. Considering the times, hopefully this song will minister to you the way it does to, to me, us. Please stand and join us. see you. I know you're here. When I can't feel you, I will not fear. and I will trust in you, and I will not be afraid. And when the battle is close at hand, I know you're with me. And all the battles have gone before I will trust in you and I will not be afraid I will not not be afraid No, I I will not be afraid I will trust in you. 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 I will trust in you.